Praise the Lord. Let's get into our lesson this morning. We have a, I was telling Pastor Moats, this is a little different format than we're, than we're akin to or used to. Um, we do not have the little handouts that we normally do. Uh, our, our publishing house is forcing us to get into the 21st century. Oh, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but we're going to get there. Amen. That's all right. The Bible still, still reigns true, and we don't have to have a piece of paper to read the Word of God, right? Amen. We do have some technology, and we'll be using that. Amen. That's good. Amen. Even though we're back in the redneck woods, we got little technology, praise the Lord. Amen. I don't know if I know how to operate it, but we got it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Our, our lesson text this morning is Genesis chapter number 2, verses 1 through 9, and then 18 through 25. Genesis chapter number 2, verse 1 through 9. And I'll let her. Oh, yeah, she's ahead of us. She's ready this morning. Amen. Amen. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that it, because that in it, he had rested from all his work, which God created. Boy, there's a glare on this this morning. I had to figure out how to get that off of there. There, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." Skipping on down to verse number 18. Amen. And the Lord God said, Is it not good that man should be alone? I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, there was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Our, our lesson is, is, is titled, 
used to be our, our focus verse or our focus thought. It calls it today the big idea. So the big idea today is I will develop a fulfilling relationship with God. That's the big idea. Amen. Just wait, Sister Misty. You're getting ahead. You got everybody's attention on you, not on me. All right. Does anybody know what the big idea is? All right, I didn't think so. Let me read it to you again. <laughs> Amen. I will develop a fulfilling relationship with God. And the truth about God is God desires to have relationship with humanity. So we find this all-seeing, all-knowing God wanting relationship with people and it should be our, our ambition to have a fulfilling relationship with him. Coming together as, as one, as the body of Christ. Amen. Throughout time, philosophers, poets, prophets, and people from all walks of life have asked questions bigger than their ability to comprehend. Where did we come from? How did we get here? When did life begin and why are we here? People have also come up with some rather imaginative answers to their questions. From mythological gods fighting like children and dancing their passions to produce offsprings on earth to random acts and cosmic explosions that miraculously manufactured a perfect environment in which life forms magically appeared. We can get out there sometimes as we're asking ourselves these questions. Embracing some of those explanations requires more faith than to believe. The long-accepted view of creation as recorded in Scripture. Sometimes it takes more faith to believe some of these harebrained ideas than just to believe what the Word of God tells us. Amen. Now, let's show them. We have a little brief video clip kind of going over this. You know, people really have come up with some crazy explanations for how our world came into existence or how things were made, how things were, well, they don't even like to use the word created, but I guess there's just something in us as humans that we have this desire to explain how things happened. I've always found it amazing that scientists can find, you know, a bone about this long, about this thick buried underneath the earth somewhere and then about five feet from that they'll find this other bone that's about this little and not too thick and and they they give that to another scientist and they do some pondering and thinking about it and then a couple hours later they have this drawing of this huge animal and they did it all from these two bones now i'm sure there's other science that goes into it all but there's just something in humans that we want to have this great understanding and and give these great explanations for how things began how what this came how where did this come from how how did all this come into being it's the same way with creation which we call creation which the bible calls creation which we believe that god created the heavens and the earth but we have people who want to come up with these great fancy illustrations of how things really came to be and so there was just this big explosion and all this chaos from this explosion produced this beautiful creation that we enjoy today. These 
explanations that they give require a lot of faith. Sure, creation requires faith. Sure, believing in Scripture requires faith. It does require faith. But so does believing that we somehow evolved from monkeys or that the world that we enjoy and the views from the mountain and the, the, the beautiful things that, that we can see in creation takes a lot of faith to believe that came from an explosion and out of chaos. What really convinces me, I think, that the Bible account is true is I can't deny it does take some faith to believe it. But I wonder, where does our sense of purpose come from? How do we go through life as human beings? And one thing we all have in common is that we have this overwhelming desire in each one of us to want to have purpose, reason. We want to have a reason that we exist. We want to, want to feel like we're making a difference. Where does that come from? The only logical explanation is that it comes from the Creator. It comes from the one who made it all. The intricacies of our body, we can talk about the human body and how amazing it is, but there's something about, I can never get away from, there's just something about that purpose. Evolution doesn't give me purpose. Evolution says it came from random acts, from random things. But I, I tend to have faith that there's a God who had a purpose for everything that was created. And he put that purpose and a desire to find purpose inside of each one of us as human beings. So it all requires faith, but I choose to put my faith in the one who I believe created it all, created me, created you, and gave us a purpose for existence. We, we have a choice today whether we, who or what we put our faith in. It's, it's strictly up to you and I. What do we believe? We need to find that out. We need to know what we believe and how we believe. It's, it's important for our foundation as we try and as we go through life to fulfill the purpose that the Lord has for us. We got to know what we believe. We got to be able to stand on that word. Amen. Amen. For every Christian, the biblical account of creation is not only believable, but it is authoritative. It's not just believable, but it is authoritative. It's the all authoritative. It, it is the truth. It's an authoritative version of events explaining our origin, where we come from. The scripture record, record was never intended to be a comprehensive narrative of historical chronological, but rather a theological synopsis of God's plan for the crowning glory of his creation, humanity. We are in the crowning glory of his creation. God has an incredible purpose for every individual born into this wonderful world. God has a purpose for you, and he has a purpose for I. It's not accident. It's not some random thought explosion or whatever it may be. There is a purpose. It's a purpose. How many of us this morning can quote Genesis 1-1? Amen. Somebody do it for me. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. No doubt we believe God created this 
wonderful universe. But do we stop to appreciate the wonder of that truth? Do we just take a moment and think about the, the majesty of this earth that we get to see every day, and we know that God created it, the truth that he created, do we stop and take moments of our time to appreciate how wonderful that it really is? God made what he made out of sheer joy of creating, spoken into existence. Just because he likes to create, Brother Jace, he made this wonderful place that we call earth or this wonderful place we call home amen god created that someone suggested that the big bang theory of creation would be akin to a f5 tornado ripping up a salvage yard filled with acres of car parts only to end up with a gleaming beautiful restored classic automobile emerging from the debris field Never has such a thing happened in the aftermath of a storm. Neither our planet emerged from some catalyst explosion of earth matter. Random destruction has never created order. I was thinking about that today, and it's not been that long ago that we had this tornado that, that come blazing a trail through here. And I, I was trying to remember, I think it was F3. Does anybody remember? I think it was F3. An F3 tornado, it come right through Tadmore, Ronald. You remember very well, come up through Weeches and right on through Alto and all of that destruction and all of that aftermath and people hurt and some even, even killed. I, I didn't see anything emerge out of that and create. I just seen a bunch of stuff tore up. It didn't fix one thing. It created lots of issues and some more problems, but there was no resolution that says, man, look at that. Boy, that's so nice. I'm so glad that tornado come and done that. It just doesn't work like that. It doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense, but we have very smart people thinking that this makes sense, that something come together and something exploded, and now, man, look at there. Here we are. It, it, is, it is amazing to my, to my mind to, to even think down that road. As, as he was talking this morning about some of that, I was watching some body language across the, the congregation today, and as he was talking about uh, these maybe coming together, I was seeing some heads automatically saying, nothing was coming out of your mouth, but everyone was saying, that doesn't even make sense. It's amazing what we do when we don't even recognize what we're doing. But we can, we can immediately think, it just doesn't make sense. It just can't be that way. Amen. When God spoke words of creative force, every command contained divine purpose. Each and every command contained divine purpose. Creation was not a cos cosmic experiment, so he could see what would eventually ensue. No extra and unnecessary parts scattered the landscape. Every aspect of creation conjoins in symbionic relationship. All life forms are complementary. Everything that exists in some way supports other life forms by its existence. 
I don't know if you know, but I don't know what symbiotic relationship is until I did a little research on that. Um, and it's unique sometimes in our lesson, and I make reference to this. There's some, there's some words that, that sometimes uh, our, our intelligent writers use that this old redneck don't understand. So I have to break it down so I can understand what symbiotic relationship is. And in the National Geo Geographic, uh, it says a clownfish and an anonymity. The symbiotic relationship between an anemone and a clownfish is a classic example of two organisms benefiting the other. The anemone provides the clownfish with a pr protection and shelter, while the clownfish provides the anemone nutrients in the form of waste while also scaring off potential predator fish. So we have these two organisms. One is more looking like a, a tree or a flower and the other one looks like a fish, and they, they inhabit together, and they do that to be substance for each other. Without the anemone, the clownfish wouldn't survive, and vice versa. That is a symbiotic relationship. That is two random different things, both living in the sea, that it takes both of them to survive. It is amazing to think that some sort of bang could develop that. How intricate the creator was when he was developing these systems and putting things in place. And as he was thinking into the future, it is amazing to see all of these things working together in tandem. It's amazing. Not one detail was missed. Oh, uh, it was nothing that I forgot to do. When he spoke it into existence, it, was, it worked in harmony. It worked together. It was good. If God had such a grand purpose in the microbes and the unseen elements of creation, why would he not have an equally grand and even greater purpose for the crowning glory of his creation? People have purpose. Right. Humans lead the creative order in intelligence and are, are, and are intended to serve a greater cause. Some people are, are not more essential or less essential than others. Rather, each one is valued. All are precious in his sight, and he has a plan for every human being. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. You know, we see today in society that we, a lot of young people are finding themselves in, in weird spots and, and, and in turmoil because they don't know what their purpose is. They're, they're walking through life lost and confused and they don't know what their purpose is. They don't even know if they have a reason to be here. And it's terrible to see the suicide rate of these people because they don't have a purpose. It don't matter. I'm just, I'm just taking up space. And why am I even here? I don't know about you, but let me, let me show you some of my vulnerability. Sometimes when I'm stressed out and a lot's going on, I'm like, why? Why am I even here? 
Maybe y'all never thought that before. But sometimes I feel like that I'm falling over my feet so many times and I'm making so many mistakes, I'm just like, forget it. I see some, some more of that body language telling me I'm not the only one today. Why are we even here? But God has a purpose for you today. You are the crown jewel of his creation. You have a purpose. There's a plan. Sister Misty sees, sings a song, even when I don't see it, and even when I don't feel it, and even when I can't comprehend, and man, I don't understand why all this happened. And I, I may not ever understand or know. He's still working, and there's still a purpose, and there's still a plan, and it didn't surprise him, and he... He knows where you are, and he knows what you're facing, and there's a reason that you're where you're at today. It's not a cosmic explosion, Brother Ethan, but there's a reason. There's a purpose. God knows. Amen. Amen. It is easy to assume that God is too great and mistress to attend to small matters, but this kind of thing is distinctly human. We look at the grandeur of heaven and the celestial lights and the staggering distance from here to there and then project our limitations onto God. In my humanity, I, I just can't comprehend it. If I think about it from here to Alaska, Dad, that's a long ways. I can't even comprehend that. Wow. And when I look at that, and I can be so bumfuzzled that I can't even understand. And I can look at the mountains and the valleys and all the creation. And I'm like, ooh, that's, that's bigger than I can even comprehend. So I can shrink my God if I'm not careful. Instead of letting that grandeur tell me, ooh, he's big. Ooh, he's majestic. Oh, how big my God is. It's hard to imagine. Every time I get on a plane and I fly somewhere, and it, it's just it's mind-boggling to me that I can be from here to California in three hours. How did that happen? It's mind-boggling. I'm going to Canada the next week, week after next, and the flight's two hours and 49 minutes. Wow. Mind-blowing. It's, 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 it's crazy. That far. But that, it doesn't surprise God. That, that's not too big for God to understand. It, it, you can't get out of his eyesight because I, I went this distance. He's God. He's God. God is not great because he is infinitely big. Listen to this. God is not great because he is infinitely big. He is great because he is infinitely present. Think about that a moment. He is big, and there's no doubt about it. But, but he derives that greatness because he is always there. No matter where, he's there. Psalms says, 
God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's always present. He's always there. Yes, he's a big refuge, and yes, he is our strength. But don't forget the part that he is always very present. He's always right there. Amen. Very present help in trouble. I took the liberty to do a little research on that word present. If you look that up in the original text, to come forth, to appear, to be enough. Very present. Not only is he present, Ronald, not only does he show up, not only does he come forth, but when he gets there, he's enough. Very present. Hallelujah. Oh, that excites me today that we live, we serve a great, big, wonderful God that knows where we're at. And when he gets there, and he's always walking with us, when he gets there, he is always enough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need this from you, Lord. Okay, I'm enough. I need that from you, Lord. Okay, I'm enough. Uh, I, I'm going through this, God. Okay. I'm enough. I'm the creator. I spoke it into existence. I'm enough. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Somebody clap your hands today. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's enough. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, I'm going to leave the lesson and go to preaching here in a minute. I, I feel the presence of the Lord here today. And when we talk about how good our God is and what he can do, it excites something within me. And it builds that faith in me to know nothing's too hard. Uh, amen. I'll say it. COVID don't scare him. He's enough. He's enough. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. But so many times we feel insignificant. The insignificance we often feel stands in stark contrast to the pride God takes in us. God is proud of you and I, and he takes pride in his creation, and he knows he's there, and he doesn't want you to feel insignificant. He wants to fill you with purpose, not insignificance. His children, what is man that God is mindful of us? It is hard to say exactly why, why, but God's behavior toward us, his infinite love, the gift of his presence, and the fact that he became a man himself tells us all we need to know. His love and his presence and his servitude of Coming and being one of us tells me all I should need to know about how much he cares about me and how I shouldn't feel insignificant and how I should feel special. It's not wrong to feel special. We should feel special. Brother most not special in that way. <laughs> special like I care about you and you're special. Amen. We should feel that way. Praise the Lord. 
not only did Adam live and breathe, but unique to creation, he was given a spiritual core, a living soul. The breath of God was this creation unlike any animal or created thing. All others were spoken into existence by the word of God. However, the first man was fashioned by the hand of God. I, I never thought about it like that. Everything else was just spoken. But man was created and fashioned and made. And then woman, on the other hand, was also the same way, taking the rib and making. Amen. There's something unique about the way God created us. The care, the love, the thinking ahead, the, the purpose. Amen. No insignificance there. Amen. Once the idea that God has created the world is granted, the message is quite clear. There are no language barriers to understand creation sermon. Its purpose is not to point to itself, but away from itself to something else. Creation points us towards God, and the world becomes a virtual sympathy praising its creator. What are we pointing out? The world is designed to point out uh, the creator. And all the majesty of the world is designed to not point to the world, but to the creator of the world. And as I go through my life, and as I live my life, and as I accomplish this, or I try to do that, and what is it that I am pointing out? Am I pointing out, look at me? Or is I, am I pointing out, look at him? What am I, what am I representing? Am I re representing me? Or am I representing him? Amen. Amen. We should take lessons from some of our, our trees as we look at them swaying in the wind and the flowers and, and the birds and all the things of creation that point to a wonderful God. Amen. I, I want my life to point to a wonderful God. I want my actions to point to, hey, that must not be him. That has to be some, something else. Some influence somewhere because if you just left him to his own devices, uh, he wouldn't act like that. But because there's a different influence, uh, there's a change. And it points to him. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Day and night, water and sky, and, and then the earth and the seas were designed for fruitfulness, all within the first three days of creation. You can see as the chart goes, if we she don't make us drunk by jumping it around, praise the Lord. Amen. Day one, two, and three were... Night and day, water and sky, earth and seas. And all this was designed for fruitfulness all within the first three days of creation. Fun fact. There's a lot of things that, that, that go about and there's a lot of different ideas about how long a day 
was, uh, but the Bible says the evening and the morning was the first day. So that's a day. One day. He created all that in seven days. Wow. That's amazing. It's amazing. In the next three days, God continued to populate in detailed elements of creation. He gave us heavenly bodies to harness the light, reflecting it throughout the heavens. The sun abundantly, uh, abundant lighting the day and the moon, the million of stars filling the night sky. The waters were filled with fish and all manners of aquatic life, and the fowls filled the air as they scattered throughout the earth. By the sixth day of creation, vegetation was already prepared for the cattle, and the creatures of the earth began consuming their nutrition. The culmination of creation was the design of the first man, Adam. Everything was prepared for the substance of life and for, the, and for humanity's pleasure. All of the days were built on top of each other in preparation for the next day. I, I can't create the cows before I have them something to drink. I can't create the horses before I got something to eat. It's amazing the, the thought process as he built this on top of each other. And then we get to the climax of Adam. And then all of that was created for you and I. Right. For our, our enjoyment and our substance. Right. Right. Tell me he don't care about you. Right. Come, on. Come on, somebody. Tell me he don't care about you and I when he done all of that creation for us. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. Caring God. A loving God. Amen. You know, sometimes when, when someone thinks about me, man, it really, it really warms my heart. Sister Twilight, you know what I mean? Someone just random act and for no reason, stop by, give me a call, send me a note, whatever. Just thinking about you. And that does my heart good. That's what God was doing. Just thinking about you. Just thinking about you. I'm just making sure everything's going to be okay. I'm making sure you got something to eat and got a nice scenery to look at. And just thinking about you. And that's, that's special. Amen. God has provided everything we need to grow in relationship with him. Through the church, we have fellowship with other believers and find strength and encouragement we need to, in times of difficulty. We have received the divine word of truth to guide us and order our steps. The privilege of prayer has been placed at our disposal so we can communicate with our Heavenly Father. And, and he has given us his spirit so we may possess the power to live as overcomers. Every good and perfect gift has been given to us from above. God gave us all these wonderful gifts and he blessed us with all these wonderful things. It makes my mind wonder, what am I doing with the gift? You know, if I was to give Sister Boats a brand new 
Lamborghini. Amen. And she never drove it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I would wonder if she liked it or she appreciated it. I know Pastor would appreciate it. I'm talking to Sister Moats right now. <laughs> so I just wonder if sometimes the Lord says, hmm, I did all this for y'all. I wonder if they appreciate it. Amen. I want to be thankful, and I want to show my appreciation. I want to use the gifts that he has given me. Amen. Me and, me and Brother Moats was on the phone yesterday, and he was challenging me a little bit, and I appreciate that. But the Lord has given us all these spiritual gifts that we can use. We got to want them. We got to seek after them. We got to make ourselves available. But they're there for us to use. How many times do I say, you know what, I, I'm just too busy to drive the Lamborghini? I just walk. Right? How many times did the Lord come and, and move into our midst and into our service and say, I got it for you. I got something special. All you got to do is ask. It's right here. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Amen. I want to use it. There's a purpose. There's a, there's a reason he has this. And it's for our edification a lot of times. It's for our understanding. It's for our growth. Help me, Lord. Amen. I want to be close to him. I want to, I want to utilize what he has for me. Amen. I don't want to take it for granted. Praise the Lord. Amen. In our wildest imagination... In your most imaginative fancies, you could not come up with a world stranger and more enchanting than the world in which you now live. If you were not careful, adults put us in a paradoxical danger of being blinded by the very skill that is supposed to come as a result of having better sight. The ability to be awed by creation doesn't have it doesn't have to be given to you or I. It doesn't have to be portrayed to you and I. You, you see little Riley come and she sees something new. You see an awe in her eyes. But something happens to us as we get experiences in life. Sometimes we, we lose that wonder. That awe. Amen. Wonder like love can mature. Our task is to strip away the jaded calluses that have attached themselves to our outlook. How can we encourage one another to behold with fresh wonder God's creation? And once this sense of wonder is restored, we may be in a far better position to ask, if creation is this awe-inducing, how much more the creator. As I was on vacation not too long ago and looking at the majesty of a tree, a huge tree, it's amazing. And, and I, I just stood back and I looked at that tree 
in awe. How beautiful that tree is. And man, how beautiful and wonderful my God must be to develop a tree just for me. Just for me. Just for me to look at and think about, man, that's a beautiful tree. If, if I only did that and I didn't think about what a beautiful, mighty God that created that tree, I wasted his effort. Amen. God's given me so many things. I don't want it to be wasted effort. I want to use what the gifts that the Lord has given me. I don't want to miss creation and all that he's done for us and how beautiful it is to drive down. We were talking this morning on the way when it's almost fall and the leaves are going to start changing before long. And, man, East Texas is beautiful that time of year. But we can get in such a hurry that we miss how big our God is in an oak tree, beautiful leaves. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Amen. We have a purpose today. I want to fulfill my purpose. Amen. Can we stand this morning and love him? Oh, we magnify you, Lord Jesus. Uh